These omens don't bode well, Mother. Mankind may be facing its darkest hour. Then mankind will have to face it alone. How can you say that? Whatever happens beyond these shores is not our concern. Princess of the Amazons. These beasts invade our home and defile it with their presence. Enjoy your trip back to hell. Everybody and welcome back to Wonder Woman, Princess of the Amazons. This is episode three, and I am your host, Andrew Pinkham. Wow, it actually worked this time around. I'm very proud of you for that. It has taken me three tries to get just the first sentence out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, yep. welcome back, guys. And the guy you are hearing talking along with me is my friend, your friend. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Danny Saab. How are you, sir? I'm doing sp- sp- awesome. <laughs> so the word is asked for some reason. I couldn't think of one, but I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I am doing awesome, man. Um, as we were talking right before we we got onto the recording, um, I am two for two, so I am awesome. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Two weeks for two weeks for two. So yes. I am I am good to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we're here to talk uh, Wonder Woman comic tonight, and I couldn't be more excited for it. How about you, buddy? Oh, I'm pretty excited. I mean, we're we're basically tackling a book that I've never really uh, of a of an era I've never really read before uh, when it came to Wonder Woman. So I didn't know what to expect going in, but I was delightfully surprised how much I liked it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm totally stoked to to talk t- about it with you. Well, I am happy to have you along with me, sir. Thanks for having me, man. I know your schedule is kind of all over the place right now. So. Well, you know, when you're a superstar, everyone wants a piece of you. So everything's just <laughs> happen. You know, just roll with it. Indeed. Whatever. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm never, I'm never, never forget the little people that I stepped on to get to the top. So that's why I'm here today. Hey, you know, and you stepped on a lot of little people. I sure L- did. Let's just be, you stepped on a lot of dwarves. I, you know what? And, they get my way, of course. And, and maybe, and maybe crush a few Smurfs here and there. Well, I shouldn't have been there. You know, <laughs> I, I told them to move. They want to move. Oh, whatever. Their own fault. So just you just got to watch out for those goblins coming after you in your sleep, though. Ah, don't worry about that. They're fine. They know not to mess with me. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get into some podcast news real quick. Um, as most of you are aware, uh, this show has been gone a very long time. So the format was evidently going to change a little. I thought about covering both the George Perez series as well as the post-Infinite Crisis. But instead of doing that, since the post-Infinite Crisis is part of the post-Crisis Wonder Woman, I'm just going to wait and cover all those books when I get to them. And the way we're going to be covering each 
each issue or not each issue, but per we're basically going to be covering doing the same thing that from crisis to crisis is or does. Um, they're still in production, so I can't say did yet. So, uh, and basically what they do is they take a look at every Wonder Woman book that was published in one month and, or every Superman, they don't cover Wonder Woman. They take a look at every Superman book published in one month. And that's what I'm going to endeavor to do for this Wonder Woman podcast. So we may have four issues to cover in a podcast, we may have one issue to cover in a podcast. It all depends on how many appearances of Wonder Woman there are in, say, a month. So we'll be looking at like books like Justice League, uh, Superman, stuff like that. So, um, which I couldn't be more excited for. I'm always anxious to see Wonder Woman appear in other stories. So, um, but that's kind of the format. The way we're going to be moving forward, we're going to be doing that three. Three weeks out of the month, in the last in the last week of the month, we'll be um, we'll be covering the new Fifty Two appearances of Wonder Woman, along with the Rebirth stuff. So, and Danny's going to be joining us on those podcasts, which I am thrilled for, sir. Sure, will be, man. Looking forward to it. So, and I appreciate you for committing to that, buddy. I know it's a big commitment. Well, no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I enjoy podcasting and uh, with you especially. And, you know, I wanna, I've i I've read so much of Supergirl and she's always my favorite character. But I'm ever since the Wonder Woman movie came out, I'm more uh, I would like to learn more about Wonder Woman and her history and her mythology and stuff like that. And so it's just a good reason just to get into and read her her stories as well, too. So true that. Yep. Now, there's been a lot of Wonder Woman news to come out in this past week. Um and the first news piece I want to tackle is, and, and this is the headline, Will Gal Gadot return for a Wonder Woman sequel? Neither the amazing Amazon nor director Patty Jenkins are believed to be under any kind of contract for another film, though Gal Gadot apparently has an option to return. What are your thoughts on this, man? Now, I was under the impression that Patty Jenkins did have under a contract that she was able to return for a second one if if the DC Entertainment asked her to come back, or Warner Brothers asked her to come back for a second one. I believe it is under her contract for a second film. I, I could be wrong, but I've read that somewhere on yeah. the vast, you know, internet somewhere, but uh, well, I think maybe I'm wrong. And honestly, I think DC DC Comics and Warner Brothers would be absolutely idiotic not to have Patty Jenkins come back and direct the second one, especially after the success of the first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, that just makes not only good business sense, but, I mean, good sense for, like, the fans and stuff. I mean, fans are are praising this thing up and down, I mean, and, and critics alike. Definitely. So, I mean, I would be shocked if Patty Jenkins didn't come back to direct the second one. Well, I mean, I think it all comes down to the story, though, because, I mean... At least when she did this right. movie here, it was a standalone, right? It wasn't part of the 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 grand DC universe. It was a standalone film of of Wonder Woman's origin, and that's all it was. So I think she had a lot more in terms of a creative control. I think she had a lot more of that. Now going forward, the second one will probably be set uh, most likely. I think most likely after Justice League or something like that. So it will be in the confines of the of the DC extended universe. Uh, which means will she have as much creative control in terms of the story and stuff like that? I don't know. Yeah, but if you recall, I mean, there were there were snippets in the beginning and towards the tail end that make 
made Wonder Woman fit into this DC expanded universe, so you can't really say that. I mean, there were, but I think they, those snippets were simply just there to to show the fans kind of that you know this does take place in, in the DC universe. But I mean, even without those snippets, the movie would have been fine just by itself as well, too, right? Mm. They didn't really need those snippets, but I think they put them in there just as um, a kind of like a showpiece, just to show that it is kind of part of the uh, big expanded universe. But obviously, yeah. going forward, the next one, uh, assuming it will be a second one, uh, will most likely the the study the story will evolve or revolve around something within the DC universe. You know, uh, the aftermath of Justice League or something like that. So. You know that will be a lot more involved in the universe, I think, than than how Wonder Woman was. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and I just, I just have a hard time believing that both Gal and and Patty Jenkins are not going to come back. I mean, this film's too successful to mm-hmm. for them not to come back. So. Well, I think with Gal, I think it's going to come down to. I mean, her family. She just had a baby, so. Um, right. And she, you know, I think she's wrapping up Wonder Woman right now this summer with all the reshoots that they have to do. So, um, you know, Are I think it all you comes. You mean, you mean Justice League? Justice League? Did I say Justice League? You said Wonder Woman, sir. Did I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, the Justice League <laughs> reshoots are going on this summer. Um, you know, and I obviously just had a baby, so you know, maybe it'll come down to how much time she wants to spend with her family, that sort of thing. Um, right. But I think she also understands how much. One woman kind of meets the fans, and in terms of her career as well, too. I mean, sure. uh, no offense to Gal, but I mean, until this movie, she wasn't really the household name that she was. I mean, she did a right. few things, but nothing to this caliber, right? So, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't both come back, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. Um, it's just a matter, I think, it, it comes down to, for Patty, I think it'll have to come down to the right story. Um, and maybe even the right timing. I, I don't know in terms of everything she's going through or what have you, and save it for Gal. So, I don't know. Right. We'll see. It just it depends on, I think, where they're going to fit this second Wonder Woman am, amongst all the other DC movies that they're doing, including Justice League, including, uh, you know, maybe the Batman, Flash, uh, what have you, Cyborg, so Aquaman. So, I mean, where are they going to fit it? I don't know. But, right. we'll see. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so apparently, Wonder Woman is still holding the top spot among among movies right now. Um, they're they're probably going to get blown out by Cars Three though, and that's rapidly approaching. So, but um, mm. she earned another six point three five million on Wednesday, which I mean it's it's still a significant amount of money, but I mean it's it's still holding above. Fate of the Furious and Logan both. Now Logan is another superhero film. However, it's on the Marvel side as opposed to DC. I don't. So, th- I don't think Logan's in theaters anymore. Well, it's, in some places it is. Well, maybe some place in the world, but then they just come out like on DVD or Blu-ray just recently. Well, it's still it's still grossing more than those films have made, sir. So. Maybe Which, maybe thinking maybe like this year perhaps maybe in 2017 maybe yeah well, that, that well, that's make what more I'm sense. saying okay okay that makes more sense gotcha yeah that's what I'm that's what I'm saying okay they, so, like presently in the theaters it's it's, it's outselling yeah. those two okay yeah you. now presently it's the third biggest um, North American grocer currently so that's a big that's a big deal 
um, for sure. especially for a female superhero movie. Because mm-hmm. considering we don't have that many female superhero movies like we talked about last week. So. Right. Well, you know what? I actually, on Tuesday, I actually went and saw it for a second time, One Woman. And, did you? Uh, I did. I went to see it a second time, and I so enjoyed it. I mean, I wasn't bored. I wasn't nothing like that. And I'd go, I'd go see it a third time even. Um, there you no, go. It was, just, it was just enjoyable. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, as, as we, as you alluded to earlier, we were talking about the Justice League movie. Um, reshoots are a common part of the blockbuster movie business. And while we can't whip ourselves into a frenzy over the significant reshoots or additional returning characters, the vast majority of adding additional photography exists for one purpose to make the movie better. But with Wonder Woman surprising everyone with his critical claim and boss office success, is no wonder that may be affecting upcoming Warner Brothers projects, including the next DC Expanded Universe movie, Justice League. Photos from the set of the superhero team-up movie suggest that Gal's role in Justice League may be bigger than originally intended. What are your thoughts on this, man? Well, I mean, I'd be surprised if it if she didn't have a big role to begin with, um, even before Wonder Woman, but I guess, uh, from what I understand, too, I think after the success of Wonder Woman, from what I gathered with the reshoots, I think they actually wanted to throw in some of the Amazons in that movie as well, too. Maybe they weren't originally in there, and they wanted to right. have some scenes with them in it and that sort of thing, so uh, that's what I gathered. So all this, the success of Wonder Woman is actually playing a big factor in, uh, in Justice League, and I want to announce as well too that that since that, since Zack Snyder stepped down for a bit, um, you know if that's you know I can't remember the person who's taking over. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Joss Whedon. Thank you. Who's taking over? Um, you know I wonder if maybe he has a kind of a different take on it a little bit, or maybe different. He wants to add a little bit of his own flair to it. I mean, from Perhaps. the inter- from the interviews that I've read, he said that he's just there to continue Zack's. Um, his story and his vision of the movie. So that could very well be it. But I think, yeah, I definitely think the success of Wonder Woman has a big impact on Justice League. And I do believe that because of it, I think we are getting some more scenes or some scenes included in the movie from the mascara, maybe with with a lot more Amazons or that sort of thing. And I think that's what's happening. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, reshoots are always a tricky thing um, because you don't know how much, how much it's going to add or take away from the actual fl- uh, actual film. So I'm excited to see more Wonder Woman. I'm I'm excited to see more Gal Gadot in that role of Wonder Woman because I thought she was freaking fantastic. So I'm just hoping, and I have utter faith in Joss Whedon. I mean, he's following Zack Snyder's template, which kind of makes me nervous, to be honest. I was happy when I heard that Zack Snyder was stepping down from Justice League, not for not for the reasons that he did, um, which apparently is a family crisis, which is never never a good thing. So, but I mean, I think fans have been clamoring for Zack to step down after his serious debacle with both Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Because let's be honest, those films got terrible ratings well, I mean, and I, terrible reviews. I, so. think, I think they got terrible ratings and, and reviews unfairly. I mean, yes, they weren't perfect, obviously, but I don't think they deserve the hate that they that they maybe they got. 
you know, especially Batman v Superman. And it's been, I mean, I watched the extended cut, and it was a lot better than the, the, the theatrical version, for sure. Agreed. And I think where the problem lied with that movie was the editing. I think the way it was edited was not very well. And I think that's what made the story, story so inconsistent and maybe darker and grittier than it, what it should have been. Um, but I mean, I think if, if one woman showed us anything and showed maybe Warner Brothers is how to, that's the perfect template that you need, you know, and going right. forward, hopefully they'll use that formula for other movies, you know, and, but not to the extent of what Marvel did. I mean, if you look at Marvel's movies, all their movies have been very similar, you know, very boring, very, very safe, essentially, right? Very, very cookie cutter. Exactly, very bubblegum pop, that sort of thing. But and then and I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we were watching when we watched Wonder Woman, and when I went to see the second cut, second time, and they had Thor Ragnarok, uh, a trailer in there for it, and we talked about it afterwards, and we both agreed that it definitely the cinematics in that trailer alone looked somewhat different than what Marvel had been doing in the past. So it looks like maybe they're changing their formula a little bit um, in terms of the way they do their their superhero movies so i don't know it'd be interesting mm. to see if thor ragnarok is actually going to be a little bit different than uh the previous thors and the captain americas and, and iron man's that sort of thing so we'll have to see but uh and that's one thing i definitely did appreciate about batman v superman even and and all the dc films is that they were different than marvel you know right down to the, right. you know you're not even putting anything in the, in the post credits like Mar- marvel does right so it seems like whatever marvel does they kind of do the opposite and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate them not taking it safe and going the same way as Marvel, but rather than doing their own thing. And, and to me, that's, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, no, totally. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, I mean, I'm vastly looking forward to, to Justice League and seeing these characters, especially like Aquaman and Flash and Batman and Wonder Woman and if Superman comes back in this first one, which I'm not sure he will. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we haven't seen any footage of Superman at all in this first one, so I'm not very optimistic that uh, Superman will come back in this one, maybe at the very tail end of the movie, um, but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, well, I mean, they could be just waiting. I mean, I think we've only got one, one trailer, I think, for Justice League so far. And two, I two, two, I think. Two trailers? And I don't think Superman was in, in, the, was in either one of them. So No, he wasn't. If he is going to be coming back, um, they're definitely keeping it a secret. And I'd be surprised if he didn't come back right. in some way, shape, or form. So, But, um, you know, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they haven't been telling us too much or showing us too much. Uh, True that. At least regarding yeah. his character. Kind of, kind of, you got to leave something as kind of a surprise, right? And I think that's something they... they did it really wrong with Batman v Superman is that they gave out so much in the trailers that when you go into the movie, you really didn't have any surprises. And yeah. You need that. You need some sort of element of surprise, right? And I think and, that, yeah. And I think that's yeah. what they did with Wonder Woman. They left you know the the villain at the end. I'm not gonna say who, in case the person who's listening hasn't watched Wonder Woman yet. But the villain at the end, uh, that wasn't obvious in the in the first little bit of the movie right and you and there was not that was nothing right. in the trailers not as far as i remember so i appreciated that and going forward i think that might be the way dc might be going in terms of their their trailers and not showing too much maybe which would be a good idea right yeah no absolutely i mean when and if superman does come back 
I think it's going to be grandiose. It's going to be it's going to be epic. So I'm just looking forward to seeing. I mean, who knows who the villain is? I know we've seen some fighting of the parademons, but we really haven't seen well, we um, d- uh, any shots of Dark Side or anything like that. And everybody knows Dark Side is going to be the big baddie for this film. So uh, actually. No, <laughs> the, the no the, the, the villain for this one is supposed to be Steven, uh, Stephen Wolf, which is one Stephen Dark, Wolf. Yeah, which is one Dark Side's henchman, oh, but not Dark right. Side himself. No, and we might see Dark Side maybe, but he won't be the the main focus villain of the story. He'll be, I think, in right. Justice League the second one, but not this one. Yeah, Justice League Part Two. Exactly. So. Yep. But yeah, uh, we're 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 stoked for it. I'm excited for it. November can't come fast enough because I think that's when it's supposed to come and, out, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. And I do have some good news for you. I mean, I know for a fact Superman is going to be in this movie because uh, Warner Brothers already reached, already reached out to me to be a body double for Henry Cavill. <laughs> so good news, kids, uh, if you're listening. He, Superman is going to be in Justice League. So uh, just uh, yep. Nice try, sir. You're a little I'm, short I'm to play Superman. <laughs> the camera adds like three feet. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wish you were as good looking as Henry Cavill, man. I am as good looking as Henry Cavill. No, I he don't wishes think. he was as good looking as me. All right. Sure. There you sure. go. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. <laughs> that's all the news pieces I had. So um, we're gonna take a quick break, play a promo for another Wonder Woman podcast, and um, we'll be back with our review of. Wonder Woman number two from the 1987 series titled Fire in the Sky. Uh, We'll be right back, everybody. It was 1941, and a war was raging in Europe that would spread destruction and death across the world. Superheroes like Superman, Batman, and Captain Marvel were on the rise at newsstands everywhere. But one hero was about to debut that would change the world of comics forever Amazon Goddess Warrior Hero Wonder Woman one of the most well-known and beloved comic heroes to ever grace the medium Hello, I am J. David Weeder. Join me as I explore the comic book adventures of the amazing Amazon throughout her 75 plus years of history on the Sensational Adventures of Wonder Woman podcast You can find the show on iTunes or at wonderwoman.supermanforever.com The Sensational Adventures of Wonder Woman. And welcome back, everybody. Um, So, Wonder Woman number two, titled Fire in the Sky. The credits on this one are as such. Uh, George Perez and Greg Perez. George Perez is the penciler. Bruce D. Patterson is the inker. Tat Jana Wood is the colorist. John Costanza is the letterer. And Ken Berger is the editor. Or Karen Berger is the editor. Um, the synopsis, which comes from AmazonArchives.com, um, reads as such. General Gerald Kohler of the United States Air Force orders Colonel Steve Trevor to fly a new bomber over an uninhabited stretch of the Caribbean Sea, ostensibly to impress foreign dignitaries. In truth, Kohler is being manipulated by Ares. The bomber is armed with a nuclear warhead, and the uninhabited area contains Themyscira. 
Ares seeks to destroy the Amazons before their champion can confront him. And Trevor is the only pilot skilled enough to circumvent the mystical storm clouds protecting the island. Concurrently, the gods of Olympus present Diana with one last tool, an unbreakable golden rope that Hephaestus, the god of the forge, had crafted from the remaining girdle of Gaia. Once Diana has been equipped, Hermes transports her to Ares' former kingdom, Aeropagus. There dwells Ares' malformed daughter, Mad Harmonia, who surrenders a strange amulet supposedly tied to her father. As Diana accepts the amulet, Colonel, Colonel Trevor breaks through Themyscira's defenses, forcing her to rush back to the island. The existence of Themyscira shocks Trevor, but his co-pilot, another of Ares' minions, quickly overpowers him and launches the warhead. Fortunately, Diana intervenes in time using the god's golden rope to catch the warhead and fling it away from, the, from Themyscira seconds before detonation. Meanwhile, Trevor struggles against his maddened co-pilot, eventually crashing the bomber into the sea. The co-pilot is burned alive for his failure, but Trevor proves too conscientious for Ares to directly influence and remains intact. On orders from Olympus, Diana pulls Trevor from the sea and brings him to the Amazon's healing isle. Through several Amazons, though several Amazons object to a man in their midst, the gods praise Diana for her unwavering piety. After a final round of farewells, Diana begins her journey to Man's World with the unconscious Steve Trevor in tow. In Man's World, Trevor's disappearance is quickly noticed by several figures, chief among them his best friend Matthew McCullis, his attache at a candy, and his commander, John Hillary. When Kohler's smoldering corpse is found on base, the trio begin to debate Trevor's possible guilt, not knowing that they are being watched by Ares' sons, Phobos and Deimos. And that's where the issue ends. Um, what was your initial reaction to this issue, man? Um, my, my initial reaction was, holy crap, this book's taking me forever to read. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, that was my initial reaction. I mean, I was reading it digitally. And so I'm scrolling along, and I'm finding the guiding. I'm using the guiding, the guided view, right? And I'm right. thinking, okay, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. I'm like, holy, when does it ever end? Like, it keeps going and going and going and going and going and going. And here's the thing: I'm not used to that, right? I mean, if you look at comic, and this is right. the first thing I, 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 first thing I grabbed from this book was it was long, but it wasn't a bad thing. Oh. It's just that you're not used to it. If you look at comic books today, they don't have nearly as much. You know, dialogue. Yeah, and it's as much, more like twelve pages, and you're done. Oh yeah, twelve much. pages, and like what, a quarter of them are like usually you know promos Ads. or something like that or whatever, right? <laughs> but this is this has had so many like this is a full book, and on each page had so much dialogue. But yeah. I like I said, I didn't mind it. But you know what? That's how it should be. I mean, if you're paying for Indeed. a book, if you're paying, you know, three two nine nine three nine. Keep in mind, this is back in what? When was this book written? It says in the eighties or something like that. Nineteen eighty-seven. Okay, so nineteen eighty-seven. So back then, I'm assuming a comic book probably cost what, maybe seventy-five cents a dollar. I don't know. Yeah, something like it was. that. Some, somewhere around there. Somewhere yeah. around there. So I mean, you definitely got your money's worth. Whereas today, you know, you spend like up to what two, three, four, five bucks on a on a comic book, and you don't get even get nearly half as, as much stuff as that. But you know, I tell you what. Each of us read this book digitally 
if comics had this much dialogue and this much content in it, I'd be buying comics on a more regular basis again. Because, I mean, even at three bucks, and because uh, that's what I paid for it digitally, it's well worth the three dollars. Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely. you don't get you don't get this much story well, in one an issue well, anymore. Thing, even digitally, I think it was only like two dollars or something like that. And you got so much out of it, right? I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And it wasn't even on sale. It was regular price. But, right. Uh, and you got so much out of it, which I really appreciated. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm assuming these were probably monthly books back then. And they weren't like, you know, bi-weekly that they are now in, in terms yes. of DC Comics. But yeah. even, even so, like even a monthly book, I mean, it, it, you felt like you got quality writing. You know, if you, if you felt you got quality over quantity, which I appreciated. Right. Because right? these days, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, these days you... I'm referring to DC Comics here. I can't speak to Marvel, but DC Comics, um, you know, you like Rebirth, for example. Yes, they 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 lower the price to two ninety nine a book, which is great, and they come out. You know, let's say books like Action Comics or DC or Detective or Superman, they come out every two weeks. Well, that's great, but the thing is, if you take those two books in a month, let's say of Action Comics, combine them, still isn't nearly as much content as that book we just read. Right. And, no, that's and you're you very, spend that's very, that's so much very more money for it. So that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, DC seems to be going the way, and, and Marvel's, I'm sure, is the same way, where they're going more of quantity and getting more money rather than quality, which is quality. You get, you yeah. got, we're back in the 80s. So that was my first initial reaction. So I'm not literate. It just it took me a while to read because I'm not used to reading <laughs> so much uh, in terms of a comic book. Right? I mean, I, I, I sure. read that much like an, almost in like in a graphic novel or something, right? Yeah, I guess book. I should have warned you that the book was long. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm thinking, I'm thinking okay, well, when is it? Oh, there's no, there's more. There, there's actually more. It's like, when is the page? When is it ever going to end? Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, there's a bad thing. It's like, I'm, like, I'm trying to find the ending because like, I want to get, you know, so we get podcasting. I wasn't used to that sure. much, um, that much, I mean, that much wording and that much dialogue, but it was great. And 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 another thing that I, and you, I think you mentioned too that George Perez, he he wrote it and he also penciled it as well too. He did the artwork as well yes, too, he right? Did. Which yep. is so rare to find these days. You don't very so, rare, yeah. So rare to find an artist that writes and does artwork at the same time. You just one or the other, and they just you know one person writes, mm-hmm. one person does the artwork, but it's so rare to find one person that does both. And I found, I mean, and George Perez, he's a legend. I've had the pleasure of meeting him twice now at two different comic conventions. I have, I have met him as well. Super nice guy. Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely a nice guy. And I've I've got a few sketches from one of Supergirl, one of Wonder Woman, of course. And, um. Now, is, is the Wonder Woman he sketched for you his Wonder Woman or just Wonder Woman in general? His Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the the book we just read. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Well, when we went to Boston together, I, I I met George and I had him sketch his Wonder Woman on a blank uh, comic book cover, a blank Wonder Woman cover, as a matter of fact. So. Yep. Yep. See, that was before I even. I think one of them was on a. On, I think the Wonder Woman one might be on a blank Wonder Woman Wonder Woman comic book, whereas my Supergirl is just, which is from I think Supergirl. I think it was Michael Turner's Supergirl. I did. I can't remember, but that's just yep. on a white cardboard that he did for me. Yep. But, um, yeah, back to the book. So, yeah, my initial reaction was, yes, the book is really long, but I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, once again, uh, it's so rare to find an artist that does both. But he was so talented. And the one thing I, I grabbed from this book was, like, 
and maybe it's just because the movie's still fresh in my mind, but it, it reminded me a lot of the movie. You know, the 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 way that the um, Amazons spoke and their dialogue, kind of compared to the movie. And I remember yeah. when, I, when I watched the movie, and if you watch kind of to where I think. Actually, not, I don't know if it was in the movie, but I remember when I went on the IMDb page for Wonder Woman, you scroll down all the way to the very bottom. There's actually a special thanks to George Perez in there. So Really? There is. There's George Perez, and I can't remember the other person. Um, I'm not, yeah, I can't remember the other person, but George Perez was definitely there. So I wonder probably, how... Probably because they borrowed so heavily from his run. Well, that's the thing. I'm thinking that's probably what they did. A lot of maybe the dialogue that they got for the movie, they probably took from his book. Uh, you know, just the, the way they spoke and stuff. That was was so much like like that. And I, that's maybe, like so maybe because the movie's so fresh in my mind. But that's where I kind of went. Mm. That's where my mind went to, um, which is really cool. But and another thing I, I took from the story, and I'm kind of making all my points here all at the same time. But another <laughs> thing I took from the story, and, and it's kind of something I really appreciated. And like, maybe this is still fresh in my mind because I've been reading so much of the DC Rebirth titles right now. But in the DC Rebirth titles, a lot of times you'll have kind of two stories in one book. So you'll have the main story, and then you'll kind of have something else that's kind of starting up, or another kind of side story that will lead into the next kind of story arc. Right. Yeah. But this book did not have that. This book was right. strictly one story. It was and it was it flowed perfectly, you know, in sequential order. Everything was just boom, 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 and just flowed. There was no interruption with a side story, uh, no interruption with commercials or with with promos, um, nothing like that. And I loved it. I, I liked the fact that it was just a story and just told the story without any kind of other side stories to distract you or pull you away from the main story. Yeah, which I loved. Yeah, um, totally agree. Totally and agree. I think the last point, I'm assuming it might be the last point, I haven't decided yet. But, <laughs> um, what was it? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. The other last point I kind of want to make was the fact, and it's quite interesting that this was the case because Steve Trevor and, and, and Diana are obviously um, kind of, a, kind of a, a love interest for each other in, 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 well, in any kind of media that you look at today. But in this one, Maybe because they just met and Steve Trevor was unconscious, but um, there was none of that. You know, it was strictly one Diana trying to find Ares, and that's where the story was. There was nothing. There's no kind of love interest there. There's no uh, will they or won't they that type of thing. None of that. I want to use the word crap, but there wasn't. It was strictly <laughs> a superhero story, which I loved. You know, yep. not that I don't mind the other stuff, the other crap. Sometimes it's fine, but it shouldn't be the main focus. You know, right, and and that's why I think I really enjoyed the story because it was actually a true superhero story. And also, and I told you that was the last point. One more point was Ares. And what I really liked about George Perez's writing is that he made Ares really, really evil. You know, and and everything yeah. that um, you heard the gods talk about Ares, and everything the Amazons spoke about Ares, and everything you saw Ares do, and, and behind the scenes, and that sort of thing, you really got the feeling that he was really, really evil. And this kind of goes back to the movie, as I was saying, how they might have taken, probably took a lot of stuff from George Perez's stories for the movie. I mean, just this alone, how Ares kind of manipulates things in the background, right? We got that in the movie as well. And we also we right. see it in this comic book. So, 
you know, obviously I think George Perez had a big influence on the on the film, which is great. Um, but that's something also I really grabbed a lot from the story was that that Ares was a real badass, which as a villain he should be. And that's something that I kind of lacked a little bit in in the movie personally. That's one little mm. problem I had with the movie was that I didn't think Ares was was that big of a character. I think he should have been larger than life, and he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's I think that's my last point. <laughs> so <laughs> not to mention Ares being really really creepy in this issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a lot of things. Uh, creepy being one of them, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, getting into my my page by page notes, um, st- was it me or or did you get like a, a Hal Jordan vibe from off of Steve Trevor? Because I totally did. I a little bit. I mean, I was surprised that I mean, maybe I shouldn't say surprised, but Steve Trevor was a, a really a main focus character in this in this book. You know, if you if you look at yeah. the book, I think at least I would say maybe half of the book easily was him, his dialogue, right? Him talking. You didn't even see Diana at all. So, yeah. Um, oh. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Before I forget, um, what, what were your thoughts on the, on this cover? Did you like the cover? Uh, let me go back and see the cover. I don't even remember that cover. I think <laughs> I did, but honestly, I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, my, my feelings on, on this cover, it, I, I, I liked it. Okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as draw drop uh, jaw dropping as the very first issue. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> sure was. Um, as the very first issue, so, I mean, but I, I still liked it a lot. Um, just not just not as much as I liked the first one. Uh, on no, it was issue. it was definitely a good cover. It was decent. I mean, there's nothing. It was very colorful. A lot of uh, yeah, it was good. I, I didn't have an issue with it. It was pretty looked pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So, um, like I said, Aries super creepy, and especially when he was posing as—I I think that was supposed to be him, wasn't it? As posing as Stco, or he took control of Stco, or whatever. Uh, kind um, of. I think he took control of his like his his body. I guess it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of. I mean, that's the thing about this about this book. It was. It was definitely not for children. You know, if you look at no. it from page to page, from the whole from cover to cover, it definitely wasn't for for kids. And no. it kind of remind me a lot of Supergirl in the uh, back in the I guess it was the '90s with Peter David, where yeah. same idea. It was not your not your typical Supergirl at all. You know, right. and uh, and this that's kind of what this kind of remind me of. I mean, there wasn't too much that were that were bad things in this book, but I mean, just when uh, Cooler when they find his body that was like kind of all melted away and stuff like that. It was somewhat graphic. I mean, for for you and I, I probably don't care, but I mean, talking about children right. here. Um, or, like you were saying, that that, that uh, the airport, the airline pilot, the airline pilot, the, the pilot that that uh, Ares took, his, took over his body, same idea. Right. So, there were yeah. a couple of things in, in this book that definitely wasn't, wouldn't have been for children, I mean, for teenagers, probably, but, I mean, this is back in the 80s as well, too, so... Right. I, I don't remember how things were back then. I was so young, but uh, <laughs> so so young. I don't know. You probably weren't even born yet. But um, I was literally two years old when this book came out. Ah, uh, you're you you're you youngin. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
but one other thing well, I... Unfortunately, I'm, I wasn't born in the Stone Ages like s- someone on this podcast. Who? I wasn't born in the Stone Ages. <laughs> Dude, I was, like a, I was a child when this thing came out. Please. Yeah, and, and, not, and not into comics at all, I'm sure. Um, no, I was like 10 years old, I think. So, I, I, like I said, I just recently started reading comics not that long ago. Actually, another thing too I noticed was that, so as I was saying, like most of, I would say at least half the book was Steve Trevor's kind of, in, you know, introduction, whatever the case may be. Right. And then about halfway through the book, that's when you get to see Diana for the first time. But it's weird because it's about halfway through the book, but that's also when you first get the title of the of the book, which is A Fire in the Sky, and then all the credits, yes. you know, being George Perez and that sort of thing, which is very... I mean, it, I've, I've only seen that once in another book, which is... And I know this because I've, I've been reading it and reviewing it for DC Comics News, uh, which is uh, Teen Titans. And that they do that as well, too. And I, and I never understood why they did that. Why did they put the credits... And the title of the book in the middle of the of the middle of the issue, rather than either the beginning or at the end, it's very strange. Well, I mean, to to, to you it would be strange, because, but this is commonplace back in the in the eighties and nineties. Um, I mean, they would get they would get into the story significantly before we would get any kind of credits or a title of the issue or anything like that. And sometimes we don't even get a title at all. So. Um, it just well, depends on the issue, I guess. Well, that's one thing I did notice about the title was called "A Fire in the Sky." But unlike today's books, where they're usually part one, part two, part three, and they're big of a bigger kind of uh, encompassing of like a storyline, you know, like let's say this would be kind of like say, uh, you know, "A Fire in the Sky" part four, and then have another title on top of that. And I've seen books have that. This has one title, doesn't have a part number, not part right. of storyline or whatever. It's just Straight up, issue number of whatever, fire in the sky, that's it. You know, straight up, no no other other stuff to go with it, which is, I, I liked it, personally. I, I preferred yeah, that. Um, for sure. And one other thing I, I wanted to say, I told you I had more points, because I keep remembering things <laughs> as I go. There was one part when they, and I'm, this is kind of very odd, and I know this is, and I've, I've read, I haven't really read too much one of them, but I've known enough, I've read enough reviews from people who've read Wonder Woman uh, to sort of mention this, where back back in the 70s and 80s of Wonder Woman, it was very... They, they were, I should say this. It was very... The dialogue was very risque, I guess you could say, in terms of mm-hmm. women, you know? Um, yeah. And there was a part I just want to kind of bring up here. I'm just trying to find it in my um, my digital comic here. But it was a part where after Steve Trevor gets kidnapped, or not kidnapped, but he gets saved by the Amazons. And I think you know which part maybe I'm talking about. I'm not too sure. Uh, I'm just trying to find the page here. But there's a part where they, where they find them, and the one the Amazons stated that... Uh, oh, remember, hold on a second. I'm trying to find the page. <laughs> Get off the top of it. Oh, there it is. Okay, finally found it. Let me go back here. Because, you know, I have to go back to the cover because someone told you. And this is riveting podcasting, by the way. Oh, for sure. For sure, <laughs> man. <laughs> the best kind of podcasting you can find. Right. So there was one part here where it says, "Do uh, where I think, I think it was Diana's mom said this, do not remember our history on my daughter. Men have always hated us because we would never bow to their domination. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. that one part. And then this other part, which I think it was a little more risque, was uh, one of the soldiers, another Amazon, said, I, I remember, because it was, I was there, the last man I laid eyes upon bound me, forced his will upon me, and then smiling spat in my face. Yeah. And I thought that was very weird well, to say. <laughs> all of that, but I mean, you're coming in probably not having read the first issue, have you? No. The first it, issue really explains a lot and where and where they come from before this. Okay. Her- Hercules and a bunch of his his men come in and rape and pillage and do all that stuff to the actual Amazons and put them under their thrall until Hippolyta seduces Hercules and gets back to the girdle of Gaia. So, oh, and this happened. Uh, in, and this happened in the first issue. Happened in the very first issue. Yep. Well, see, there you go. See, it's not for kids. <laughs> no, really, not for kids at all. Um, as a matter of fact, there was there was a scene that I came across today um, of Hippolyta literally kneeling at Hercules' feet. So, um, wow. I mean, it's it's a very it it's a very not kid-friendly image. You know, it's so weird, eh, these comic books, because, like I said, I'm reminded, reminded of Supergirl in the 90s, I was saying with Peter David, and it was a very adult book, because yeah. um, it dealt a lot with, with cults, and, uh, yep. you know, with evil, and that sort of thing, but, I mean, I just remember, and I remember like it was yesterday, because it's still kind of enthralled my mind, because it was such a, a powerful first page, but even yeah. if you look at Peter David's first uh, Supergirl book, uh, page one, is you first turn over the cover, the first thing you see is a woman who is covered in, in the shower naked and bleeding, you know, right. from from everywhere. So, it's, yeah, yep. it's, it's crazy, it's comic books that they were back in the 80s and 90s and how different they are now, right? I mean, now you have... Oh, very of, much. You have, like, let's say, like, Batgirl or... or Supergirl, it's kind of like these just these bubblegum bubble kind of pop books, right? I mean, they're more for kids and that sort of thing. I, but back then, I mean, geez, absolutely not. So, it's quite interesting. Yeah, no, totally. Indeed it is, sir. Um, what was your reaction to the actual forging of the Lasso of Truth? Were you excited when you saw it? I was. I kind of expected it though just because i kind of read the solicit the solicit of the, of the issue before i read the issue so i knew it was gonna lasso truth um so yeah but like i said i mean i was comparing a little bit to the movie and i guess the movie's a little bit different in terms of the last was already there uh in the movie but i guess here it was is still being forged so i thought it was pretty this kind of cool but like i said going in i kind of already knew it was gonna be lasso truth so i wasn't really sure. surprised I love the fact that we get uh, a mention of Etta Candy at the very beginning of this issue, but we don't get to see her until the tail end. And boy, oh boy, is she a spitting image from, from it, it looks like they basically ripped her from the comic page and put her onto the big screen. I completely agree. Yes. <laughs> Although but it's weird because in the, but if you look at her in the movie, she's a secretary, right? Yeah, right. Where here she's actually a soldier. Right, she's in. The, she's actually in the army, so it's kind of. I don't know why they didn't take that approach and kept her that way. And then, yeah. if, you, if I remember correctly, in the, I want to say in the which one? I think it was the one woman animated movie that they mm-hmm. did, and at, at a candy in there as kind of. I think she, I can never. I don't think she was a secretary, but she was 
like an office person or she was like some sort of um, analyst or something like that. I can't, I don't remember, but I do remember is that she was very curvaceous and she was very flirtatious when it came to Steve Trevor. Right. So it's kind of weird how we don't really have, there's, I mean, you're right, this, and this, like I said, go back to maybe how much of this story of George Perez's one woman they took for the film because it looked like they took Ada Candy exactly and they put her in the in real life. So, right. Yeah, right, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, totally. Um, was it me or did you get a kind of a brother-sister vibe off, off Hermes and Diana or was it more like a uncle-kid relationship? I would say how, how how did you feel? Definitely an uncle kid relationship, I think. I don't think it was so much brother and sister. I think it was more of a uncle kind of kid where the uncle was kind of looking out for the kid and that sort of thing. That's what it kind of was the vibe I got a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Did 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 you get a holy crap, who is this harmonia person when you saw this when when Diana was was going to harmonia? Which did, part? did you get who the crap is this? Which part was this, that? I'm trying to remember her when, when, when she goes and gets when, when she goes and gets that amulet. Oh right, I honestly thought when I first saw it, I, I thought it was gonna be like Medusa or something like that. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I thought the same thing. I don't know I much, too much about been... I don't know too much about Greek mythology, but I know some people, some of the uh, mythos and stuff like that. So I thought it was gonna be Medusa when I first saw them, and then uh, the, the, what was her name? Her, Hermione or something? Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Get a Harry <laughs> Potter reference in there, people. There you go. Even though I've never watched Harry Potter, but I know Hermione. Um, uh, Harmonia is, Harmonia, is the name. Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know Harmonia. I've never heard of this name before. Um, apparently, apparently, she's the immortal goddess of harmony and concord. Well, there so, you go. Well, there yeah. you go. All right. Well, <laughs> like I said, I thought it was going to be Medusa, so... I mean, yeah. this this story, this issue definitely had some of those Greek gods I've never really heard of before. So it was kind of sure. new to me a little bit. But uh, no, I, I mean, even though I didn't read the first issue, I wasn't really lost at all in this issue. Like I said, except that yeah. one part I was telling you about before, which you cleared up, that happened in the first issue. Uh, but besides that, no, I wasn't really, really lost at all in this, in yeah. this one. Um, the line that Diana says, great Hera... Oh my gosh, dude. I had such the voice that I heard in my head when reading that line specifically was Justice League the animated series Wonder Woman um voiced by none other than Susan Eisenberg herself. I mean, that's the voice I heard in my head through this yeah. entire issue. Yeah. I, I agree. I I'm I, I'm right with you on that one. Yes, definitely. I mean, she is the definitive Wonder Woman voice, so she's the voice I hear in my head when I'm reading these issues. So. You know, I I, I, I kind of hear that voice, but like I said, maybe because the movie's still fresh in my mind, that I also hear a lot more Gal Gadot and, and see Gal Gadot sure. when, I, when I picture these things at the same time. And like I said, when I, when I, when I was seeing the mascara, I was seeing the mascara for the movie and, and that sort of thing, too, so. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, I mean, I got a real Justice League vibe was when Diana was praying to the gods for strength. Um, again, reminded me so much of Justice League, the animated series. Uh, um, I also love the fact that when, when, when the missile was about to hit Themyscira, Diana basically ropes that thing like a bull and then just chunks it away like it's nothing. Absolutely loved it. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole book. Um, what, what I liked about this book too is how 
ignorant, I guess, the Amazons were in, in terms yeah. of man's world, right? They didn't understand mm-hmm. and realize what a, what a plane was or what the well, missile was or something like that, right? They knew they felt it was kind of bad, but they didn't yeah. really know what it was. Well, Where and I, here's and here's the deal with that. I mean, these women are reincarnated from ancient Greek people, so they wouldn't know where or what's going on in in the current civilization. So, right. I mean, well, these, that's the thing. They're 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 mortal. They've been on this island for you know thousands, thousands of, years. of years or something like that. So, it would make sense that they wouldn't. Um, they want to know anything about man's world, but it's just weird. It's well, she said weird, but it's interesting that if you look at the film, uh, that uh, the one movie. I mean, yes, I mean they did. They were on that pl- on there for a long time, but I mean they weren't. They didn't blink an eye when they saw you know the boats and and men and that sort of thing, right? They just took it all in stride. Or even an airplane, for example, when Steve Trevor crashed, so they just took right. it all in stride. They didn't even they they weren't too sure who they were, but they didn't question what they were or, or and rather, um, they knew they were men, but they didn't question as to the boat, as to the plane, or nothing like that, right? So sure. it's, just, it's just, like I said, maybe because the movie's still fresh from mind that I'm kind of comparing it to the, to the book. Um, so, yeah. Well, and, and let's be honest, George, the George Perez Wonder Woman was borrowed very heavily in the movie. Almost so. definitely was, yes. And you can you can definitely see that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved Philippus. In this issue, I mean, basically, and talking about Steve Trevor, I'm just basically just throwing back like he's some some kind of fish, and maybe a better one will come along. Who knows, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But that's, <laughs> but that's the vibe I got off her, and I just love her attitude. And I also love the fact that Athena just pops in without any kind of warning and just complimenting her uh, or her, I mean Diana, on the wisdom that she got from herself. Very, very um, narcissistic there, Athena. That's okay. I appreciate that. That sounds like something I would do, so that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I really liked also the tearful goodbye that Diana has with with her fellow sisters and especially her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the conversation at the tail end of the book between, I think it was either Artemis or Philippus and Hippolyta and um, – Praying for her, praying for Diana's safety, and Hippolyta saying, "This is just the beginning, mm-hmm. and a massive change for the Amazons' future." I I really love that. So, yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had, sir, as far as notes go. Um, excellent issue. Uh, what would you give this issue for a rating? Out of five. Uh, out of five. <laughs> I would say easily probably a four. Four? Easily solid four, yeah. Yeah. You? See, I mean, there wasn't a lot to dislike in this issue. No, not So really. I'm I'm going to give this a perfect five out of five for me. There you go. Um, just a overall great issue. George Perez knocked it out of the park with both the writing and mm-hmm. the... But we often forget that uh, George Perez was not alone in writing this issue. So, I mean, we got to give props to the other guy, too. So, um, Greg Potter, okay. if you are listening to this, sir, you are you are just as good as George Perez. Yeah, he's probably not listening to this podcast. Probably not <laughs> probably listening not. to this podcast at all. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> oh, so, no, um, no. yeah, overall, I love the issue, man. It was awesome. Yeah, so. same here. I mean, like I said, this is my first kind of uh, intervention in the Wonder Woman mythos in, in terms of George. Like, this is my first time actually reading George Perez's Wonder, Wonder Woman. Uh, so, I actually, intervention? It's, it's, it, you make it sound like you have a problem, sir. No, no, no. Intervention <laughs> in the sense of like me getting um, into it, I guess you could say. You mean introduced? Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The, the, the audience knows what I'm talking about. Wink. Um, but no, this is the first time I've actually read a George Perez Wonder Woman story. So, sure. uh, no, I mean, it's my first introduction to it, as you would say. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. So um, I think it's something I'm definitely gonna come, probably going to keep up and, and read some more. And uh, Good. Definitely am. Awesome. Awesome. For sure. Well, uh, we do have some feedback for this episode. Um, not a whole lot. Um, and most of it comes from from Twitter. Um, I get a couple welcome backs. One from a fellow Wonder Woman podcaster, Angela, from the Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace podcast. Uh, she greeted me with a wel- welcome back um, and a happy surprise that uh, I was back. So... Uh, thank you, Angela. I appreciate it very much. And the Wonder Woman Wiki gave me a welcome back as well. So um, that's pretty cool. I uh, I didn't know the Wonder Woman Wiki followed me, so but there apparently they do. Very nice. So, but uh, other than that, uh, no emails unfortunately. But as we get rolling, hopefully some more of you will write in and tell me what you think about these issues. So, um, so yeah. So, but uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Danny, thank you so much, sir. Anytime, buddy. It's been uh, it's been a blast. Oh, sure. it's always always fun when we, when uh, when you grace grace this podcast with your presence, buddy. Well, you know what? Somebody's got to come on here and correct you when you're wrong. So it might as well be me. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. It's all good. You want to tell our, our listeners where where they can find you, man? Well, right now, I mean, uh, in terms of podcasting, I haven't really uh, done much since Kara's are all podcasts that we that you and I both finished um, uh, three years ago now or so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, about that. So, but uh, but I haven't been doing that much in terms of podcasting. But I is uh, I do plan on launching a new full time podcast very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, I am still running for DC Comics News, uh, so if you're looking for any of my stuff there, I'm currently reviewing Supergirl, reviewing, reviewing Green Lantern, Suicide Squad, which has been amazing, uh, and awesome. Teen Titans as well, too. I'm not sure if I said that or not. But uh, yeah, so I'm just writing, start writing some reviews and some news for them, And but like I said, very shortly I will be getting back into the podcasting swing of things and, uh, and doing that full-time. Can 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 you give us a sneak peek at all for the the podcast? You mean? Yeah. Well, it's definitely going to be something in terms of a um, comic book, sci-fi kind of whole geek culture thing. Um, awesome. I'm just trying. I'm not too sure yet if I'm going to focus strictly on comic books or just make more of a general kind of geek culture thing in terms of you know cosplay and and movies and and comic books and, and that sort of thing. I think I probably will go with that to be honest, with you, just because I love talking about everything. Right, I mean, sure. comics are great, but as you and I know, sometimes when we talk about comics and then they get really bad. Even the two Supergirl, um, you know, it just doesn't make as much fun to 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 talk about them anymore. So Kenneth Rockefeller, we're looking at you. Yeah, um, 
but <laughs> call him Dell. But uh, <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I'll just if, say, if if any of our listeners are confused, please go back and listen to our Hell on Earth crossover episodes. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think they're posted anymore. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think so. Like I think I got a cease and desist order from DC Comics to take. I'm kidding. Uh, what? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were uh, basically. Yeah, long story short, we. If any of you read the Hell on Earth crossover event uh, from DC Comics way back, the New Fifty Two, uh, when it took place, uh, it was horrendous. You and, mean the crossover that should not be named? Yeah, we just named it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're naming it, humanizing it. Yes, I am. But. Uh, oh. But no, it was it was it wasn't very good at all. And uh, you and I, Andrew, as you know, we didn't we didn't hold back any punches. We kind of and that's no, what we do, we right? We do, and that's the thing. What we do, we tell like it is. Even if we did not pull our punches at all. <laughs> exactly, and even if it's something that we're very passionate about, um, especially when we're something that we're very passionate about, we're gonna let our feelings known, so to speak. And we did. <laughs> um, but like I said, what, I mean, t- t- it wasn't just that crossover. I think Supergirl from the New 52, it was great for the first, say, I want to say 10, 12 issues. But then after that, it kind of started going slowly downhill. And then the Hell on Earth crossover came around, destroyed it, and then it never really picked up after that. So yeah. it was, and, and it was just, it was... If any of you read the new for the two, it was just bombarded with crossover events upon crossover events as well too, and mm-hmm. it's so hard for for any series to get the legs on the on the ground if that keeps happening. So well, and I hope DC has learned their lesson. I mean, I don't know if there's been any crossovers in Rebirth. There've been a few minor ones, but nothing like that. Well, that's um, good. But there have been a few, yes. But I mean, well, that's it, okay. <laughs> They're That's like perfectly said, fine. There's been a few small ones. Like, I mean, for Supergirl right now, um, there is, I mean, Batgirl and Supergirl are, are together in the book right now of Supergirl, but it's not really a crossover, I don't think, because Batgirl's still doing her own thing in her own book. Yeah, it's more like a guest appearance. <laughs> exactly. So, but there have been some crossover, yes. There have been a little bit um, since Rebirth started, but I know Batman, well, I, mean, I think you... Batman, Nightwing, and Detective had one going on uh, a little while ago. Well, you have to expect that the Bat books would cross over at some point. Same same with the Super books, you know? Definitely. I know, I think Teen Titans and Deathstroke and Titans just had a crossover as well, too. I think it might still be going on. I don't remember. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there have been a few minor ones, but not nearly as bad as what the new 52 was. Right. So, that's fine. Well, and we'll be talking probably, I mean, I don't know if there's a crossover event with the new 52 Wonder Woman. Um, probably, probably there right. is. There is. Probably. Yeah, there is. Um, especially stuff with um, Justice League as well. Um, two books that we're going to be covering as well as the Rebirth stuff. And Danny, you're going to be back for that in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Hold on a second. We're, we're covering the new 52 Wonder Woman, right? Yes, we are. Uh, not just her book, but any books that she's been in as well, too? Mm-hmm. You realize what you're saying, don't you? Yes, I'm well aware. Do you understand what you're asking me to do? <laughs> Podcast about like four issues in, a, in an episode? Yeah, I am. No, not that. You realize she was part of the Hell on Earth crossover event. <laughs> Wonder Woman is, yeah. 
Okay. Your, yep. funeral, your funeral, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun to rehash the Hell on Earth crossover, oh. sir. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. I'll be drinking for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a couple shots of tequila, you're good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then take a shower and get all the dirt off me after. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh... Danny will be back in a couple weeks, uh, and we'll be reviewing uh, Wonder Woman number two, Justice League number three, and or no, we already did Justice League number three, Justice League number four, and we'll be uh, doing Rebirth Wonder Woman number one. He'll be back for that episode. I will be back next week with number four from the George Perez series. So um, there is that. And until then, we will be talking with you later. Thank you for listening, and we will see you later. Bye, guys. Good night. You have been listening to Wonder Woman, Princess of the Amazons, hosted by me, Andrew Pinkham. Wonder Woman and all the other characters I talk about in this show, as well as any music I use, are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. The website for the show is wonderwomanpodcast.wordpress.com, where you can find the RSS feed, the podcast, the iTunes link, and a whole lot more. You can email comments, questions, and criticisms to wonderwomanpodcast.gmail.com. You can also like the Facebook page. Just type Wonder Woman Podcast into Facebook or check out the website for more details. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wonder Woman Poda. And if you would, as a huge favor to me, leave an iTunes review. I would really appreciate it. And I will give you a shout out on the show. And it's a, it's a personal guarantee for me. Wonder Woman is created by William Moulton Marston. Thank you for listening and join us next time for another thrilling episode of Wonder Woman, Princess of the Amazons. We are recording. All right, we're going to start this in three, two, one. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Woman, Princess of the Z- uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suck it. I'll go with the one. outro. Wait, do, you, do you want me to do it for you? I could do it for you if you like. No, well, I don't I'm need your help. Pink, I'm going to be a Wonder Woman that podcast. Was the first screw up I have had. <laughs> Hey, I didn't, hey, at least I didn't have it last episode. Yeah, that's true. You didn't. Nope. I just all got right. a little tongue ties. That's yeah, all. That's right. That's number one. Let's, let's see if they can get for number two now. But if hey, you if how, you mess okay, but I'm, here's dude, the thing though. If you mess, you, if, you mess you it, if you mess up this time, I get to do your intro, right? That's a, no. that, that, them's the rules. No, I don't think so. Come on, you can trust me. No. I can't trust you. Oh, my Wonder Woman show, sir. Yeah, it's hard to say that. Don't trust me. (laughs) 
I don't blame you. I love you, but no, dude, that's not happening. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, All I, right. I'd ruin your, I'd ruin your, I'd ruin podcasting you for forever. Yeah. Yeah, you probably it. would. Yeah. Totally, probably would. Anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's try this again. Yep. In three, two, two one. one. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Wonder Woman: Princess of the Amazons. Welcome this back. This is episode. Wow, that sucked <laughs> again. Wow. <laughs> It's like welcome back. Where, where were we? Yeah, right. Uh, you're assuming we've been, that, gone. You, we've been gone four years. Well, that's the thing. You're assuming the people uh, four years ago are coming back. <laughs> Probably, dude. Not. I have had a lot of people um, message me and say, "Hey, welcome back." Oh, really? So, so screw you. <laughs> now, th- now, this is a, was this a, the second episode from last week's episode that we did? Is that how this is working out, or is this something different? Yeah, no, this is our continuing coverage, so we're <coughs> hopping in from, from last week. So. Oh, so you're going to be actually two for two in a weekly podcast. Not I am, two Not for two. Bad. How about that? That's never, that came out of the last one that actually happened. And there. I'm even prepared. How about that? I'm I'm shocked. You're shocked. You should be. I'm very shocked. Now, if I only get through the intro, it would be great. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to try this one more time. In three, two, one. Hey. Bye. 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 <laughs> I always cut you out, buddy. I know you do. You know, dude, here's, here's a thought. You might want to throw in your email address when you ask people to send you email. Why? Just a thought. Like, you don't, you don't throw your, your Twitter or your email address, something like that. Do that all in the outro, actually. Oh, do you? okay. I thought that was the outro yeah. that we just did. No, that was that was the wrap up. Mm. I can stop recording yeah. now, or keep recording. Yeah, you can stop recording. You, know, you, want, any, you want any bloopers, maybe for later? <laughs> <laughs> I will be putting bloopers in, especially at the very start. Believe me. No, I believe you. Bloopers well, are the, a part of it. You don't put the bloopers at the start of this thing. You put it at the end of the thing because by well, the well, end, it's already over. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, we put it at the end, but I mean, there was there was a lot of bloopers towards the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, well, you kept screwing up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> really, really.